So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. Hello and welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast series. So today's episode is another one where we're going to get into a really core foundation of quality of mind. And I've got my partner with me, Rena, to help explain this wonderful topic that we're going to get into. Now, for those of you who are regular to the Quality of Mind podcast, you might have remember we did an episode all about the real and never true nature of reality. And this podcast episode is going to be quite similar to that because we're going to talk about something we call self and I. Now, um, a little bit of a, a warning or a caveat for people who are brand new to Quality of Mind and haven't heard anything about it yet. What we'd say is probably don't start with this episode because it dives straight into a piece of the understanding as opposed to talk about what Quality of Mind is used for and the benefits. So this episode is all about one of the core foundations and it gets a little bit deep and technical, although we're going to try and make it um, as accessible as possible. So Rena, welcome to the podcast show again. Hi, Piers. Great to be here. Thank you. So what we're going to talk about is this thing that we call self and I, the mistaken identity. Now, those of you who have been on our program or know a bit about our work might have heard us use that phrase before, uh, self and I, mistaken identity. But what we want to try and get into over the next half an hour or so is what do we mean by that? What are we pointing to with that? And why is it so relevant for allowing people and enabling people to have the benefits of quality of mind, which is more performance, well-being, resourcefulness, clarity, connection, inspiration, resilience, realizations, all the wonderful transformative benefits. So let's get into it. And what do we mean by self and I? So. Renault, first of all, we probably need to define those two words. What do we mean by self and I? So self and I, you could think are two words that mean pretty much the same thing. You know, often in common language, we would say something like I saw the bus or I'm going to have lunch. That's what I did. Now, we're going to make a distinction between these two words. And in a way, which word we use doesn't really matter. You could swap them around, but it's the distinction that matters, not which word we're going to use for each um, definition. Now, what we're going to distinguish between is what comes and goes in our experience and awareness and, and generally being in reality and what stays. If you think about it, at the moment, as you're having an experience, maybe as you're listening to this podcast, there are things that are coming and going in your experience. There may be sounds, sights, sensations, feelings, perceptions, thoughts. And they all come and go. You might have one, then it will go. You'll have one, then it will go. And that's all thoughts, feelings, perceptions will come and go. Now, you could think, well, doesn't everything do that? Doesn't everything come and go? 
Well, what we want to point to is what doesn't come and go. If you strip it right back and you took away the senses, you know, what we see, hear, feel, smell, touch, is there anything left? Is there something still there that isn't as transient and doesn't come and go like the thoughts, feelings, perceptions and objects? That's the question. So, Renan, let me ask you that question. What would you say comes and goes? And would you say there's anything that sits behind that that doesn't come and go? Well, I, I love that question and I love reflecting on that question. I guess from my own experience and, you know, the many, many people that I, I, I talk to about this stuff is that we get so kind of caught up or interested in what comes and goes. And so sometimes it can be a bit kind of tricky to, I suppose, experience or connect to the bit that doesn't come and go. But, you know, reflecting on it, for me, yes, there is, there's something that doesn't come and go. There's something that is, feels like it's constant, like it's always been there and possibly always will be there. Words are a bit clumsy, but I guess if I'm trying to put words to it, then I would say for me, it's a sense of being, just a sense of isness. Okay. So just for our language now, we're going to call the stuff that comes and goes sort of self and the stuff that doesn't come and go I, right? So the question we're really asking you to have a little explore is can you sometimes notice that there is something eternal, consistent, universal that never really goes away? And that's what we're going to call I or what, what Renner just called being or isness and differentiate that or distinguish that from all the wonderful thoughts, feelings, perceptions and sensations that we have that come and go because we get really fascinated by what comes and goes in our experience because that's the kind of the the moving stuff it's the, it's the dynamic stuff it's 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 substance it's tangible you know oh there's there's something in my mind that comes and goes and we're trying to point to something that we don't normally look at right that is always there but actually it's 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 so it's so always there that it just merges into what what is coming and going. So a little metaphor that we sometimes use, Venner, isn't it? Is, is we talk about if you've got a TV screen or something, right? There's the movie. There's the, what's playing on the screen, the sounds and the and the movie, and that's always changing, really. Now the TV screen itself doesn't actually change, right? Now, the stuff on the screen comes and goes. I suppose if we use that metaphor, that's what we're sort of pointing to here, is that we get really, as a human being, really fascinated with what comes and goes on the screen, forgetting there's something before that. Absolutely. And, you know, I think if we're, if we're kind of exploring this idea of mistaken identity, you know, the, the very fabric of, you know, who and what we think we are, is is a really good place to start because again it's like well you know again just as an example in my own experience you know as 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 each birthday has rolled on every year and you know it's it's like I, I've gone from being five to six to ten to fifteen to twenty and and so on it's like you know 
the, the years have gone by and what I think about myself, who I think I am, you know, that the person, so to speak, and the thoughts and feelings that that person seems to have, its values, beliefs, everything else, really, in my mind, you know, in terms of what I see now is has been really the bit that has come and gone, because that's not been consistent. So that's, I suppose, the movie that's been playing on the screen. So you're getting to a really interesting point here, which is what is the screen and what's the movie? So it's very easy to see, oh, you know, my thought about the weather is something that comes and goes. Most people go, oh, yeah, that comes and goes. Or even my thought about, you know, what my favorite book is, that comes and goes. Now, we're going more than that because we're saying, actually, all the thoughts about me or, you know, come and go. So when I'm five, I have a, I, I think I'm something. When I'm 10, I think I'm something. When I'm 50, I think I'm something, right? They all come and go. But actually, we're going one step more than that because we're, we're actually saying that the very idea of there being a me as a permanent thing isn't really the case, is it? So there isn't really a self that is permanent. So the self comes and goes just as much as my idea about whether I like bananas or not. Whereas we've been taught, particularly in sort of recent science, that there's a separate individual, there's a body mind, if you like, that has a brain, and that is constant, and all the experiences, the thoughts, feelings, perceptions, come from that thing where you would call the self or the body mind. But what we're saying is, actually, when you, when you pause to think about it, that comes and goes just as much as anything else within the content of our experience. Now, is that sort of what you were pointing to? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even in the last sort of few minutes since we've been sitting here, you know, would invite listeners to, to reflect on, well, you know, have, have they had a sense of a body in the last sort of 10, 10 minutes or so, you know, or, or did the body come and go in experience you know even in the last few minutes I think the other sort of element to it that I was sort of thinking about in my example was how and I, I've heard lots of people say this but it's it's almost like well gosh am I really this age I don't feel it you know I don't feel any differently at some level to when I was I don't know 20 or, or, or 18, like, yes, there are elements of my experience that have come and gone and changed, but there's something that doesn't actually feel as though it's changed. And, and it's potentially what, what we're talking about here or what we're pointing to is, is that, that essence, that sort of, you know, the, the, the part that is, has always been there and, and will always be there that we on an everyday level, tend to describe ourselves as, as I, you know, that yes. sense of being, which is what I uh, referred to it earlier as. So, so we get technical for a moment, right? And then we'll try and get a bit more practical again. We get technical, but we make a distinction between what we're aware of, the content of our awareness, so thoughts, feelings, perceptions, and the capacity for awareness or awareness itself. In spiritual terms, they might call it that, right? Or consciousness itself. So we're, we're pulling apart the content of awareness, so what I'm aware, what, what I'm aware of, 
and awareness itself. And we're saying the capacity for awareness, awareness itself, never changes, is, is eternal and consistent and constant. And what comes and goes in awareness is everything else, right? So all thoughts, feelings, perceptions, sensations, including the self. So the me, the Renner, the peers, or whatever, comes and goes, is an activity that arises, ebbs and flows inside the space of awareness, whereas awareness itself is constant. Never goes, even in deep sleep. And all that's going, and I think deep sleep is so fascinating, because all that's going on in deep sleep, and you people could say, well, there's nothing in deep sleep. There's no awareness. There's no time, space, matter. Yes, there is. There's awareness of the absence of self, of the absence of our personal minds, which turns up to us as nothing, <laughs> which is why we would say there's nothing going on. So deep sleep, I think, is a great example because we would probably think that a deep sleep is an absence of awareness. Now, what we're saying is no. Deep sleep is the awareness absence of an activity of the self so so all the you know every night we're experiencing this and dreams are what kind of happens in the middle so awareness the capacity for awareness never goes is what we're calling i and the content of awareness thoughts feelings perceptions and objects which have a multiplicity and a diversity including the self, come and go. And then if we want to link it back to our real but never true point, which is the other core foundation of the understanding behind quality of mind, everything that comes and goes is real and never true. The only true thing is the capacity for awareness. So that, that's a sort of technical way of describing it. <laughs> but let's think about it on a day-to-day -day basis. How often do we notice in our every days, in our every day, that we lose the sense of self in moments? And you've probably done it this morning. Absolutely. And I, I suppose one of the questions that I was sort of thinking about was, well, well, actually, just before I come on to that, it's almost a bit like that saying, you know, oh, I lost myself in that book or, you know, you get so into an activity that you might be doing or, or a conversation you're having or, or even just daydreaming, you know, and, and you're not obviously aware of it because you're just there, there's no kind of you there, if you like, but we you know, we tend to just lose that sense of self. It's, it's not there because it's that the activity of the idea of a self, the me is, is just absent. So we are, you know, we're just there and, you know, experiencing showing up in whatever it is that we happen to be engaging in. Yeah. And, and you know, we urge listeners to get curious about this. So there'll be times in your day, maybe you're just going for a walk or maybe you're singing in the shower or maybe you're doing some exercise or, or in a lovely conversation with a friend and you just, there's no you there, right? There's no self there. Or, or the, the other one that's quite funny, isn't it? When someone's, you know, having a lovely moment and then the other person says, oh, what a lovely moment. And you kind of bring it in order to notice that moment, you have to come out of, come back into the self. Let's say it's a very romantic moment. 
that a couple is sharing and one of them comments on it or a beautiful view they're looking at or a still sunset or something. And then in order to comment on how lovely the moment is, you have to come back into self. Mm. So, you know, people, and we also, I suppose, where it gets more into the work context or performance context is the state people would call flow or in the zone. You know, mistakenly, we might think, oh yeah, that's when myself's being its very best version. Actually, if you explore it, it, there's no self in that. It's the absence of self. It's the dissolution of self that allows flow to happen. Absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, I was just yesterday having a conversation with a, a client who's uh, chairman of, of, of a business. And, you know, he was sort of telling me how, you know, their the leadership team are really trying hard. They're doing lots of work around, you know, bringing their authentic selves into 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 work and into how they function as a, as a leadership team. You know, they want to become a really high performing team. And, you know, they're looking at things like trust, communication and, and that sort of thing and kind of the quality of communication and everything, vulnerability, honesty. And, you know, they're really trying hard to kind of access some of those qualities. Now, in part, part of the way that they're looking at doing that is, is through being more vulnerable with each other and kind of trying to sort of be a true set, you know, their true selves. And, you know, what was interesting was as we started to explore that, you know, what we came to was actually what, what we're doing is we're kind of, we think we're taking off the mask in being vulnerable and kind of open with each other, but actually really there's a, what there is, is because, because we're still operating at the level of this idea that there is a self there. So that, so there's a mask behind the mask and then there's another mask behind that mask. And all we're really doing is, is like you say, trying to get to a better version of this self that really has just been made up through, you know, through different thoughts and everything else through, I suppose, our conditioning over a period of time and sort of, the real power, I guess, in in this is, is I suppose, disidentifying with this idea of who who I am, you know, who this self is, and then if that happens, then kind of what's left. And I think you know your point is great because it's 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 making the distinction between trying to be a better version of myself through being more vulnerable, being more open, being more authentic, which is still in the realm of the self, distinguishing that and a dissolution of self, right? Now, because self is real and never true, it doesn't take much for it to dissolve, right? It's actually coming and going all the time. Tiny children don't really have a self. So it's not like, Oh, well, that sounds like a hard work to make my dissolution, you know, myself dissolve. Well, no, if it's hard work, then you're trying to do it via the self to get rid of the self, which won't work. You'll still be just in another mask. So the distinction we're pointing to is rather than put all your effort and focus on how can I be the best self and be open and honest and vulnerable is to see the self for what it is, the illusion it is. And then when it dissolves, that communication innately has a sense of connection and honesty and vulnerability and authenticity rather than trying to 
peel back the layers of an illusion. A real-looking illusion, remember, it's, it's real and never true. But I think society, particularly in the last sort of 50 to 100 years, has got very focused on trying to be authentic selves and be vulnerable and trust via the self rather than seeing the true nature of the self, which is a an activity of the mind rather than a permanent entity. Absolutely. And so I guess that perhaps leads us on to start thinking about, well, you know, if if we're not this self this this made up self and you know where what we're calling i or awareness then i suppose what's what does that mean like what what are the qualities of the i and why is it important to to make that distinction well yeah i mean what it is is a very difficult question to answer you have to get into sort of you know full-on non-duality and what consciousness is and all that kind of stuff so so what it is is probably not easy to answer but what what seems to be present there i think is probably you know a more useful thing to to look at and it seems to be that that when there's a lack of self so when we're not self-identifying when we're in that expansive aperture that we're calling i it, there seems to be more flow there seems to be more love connection creativity inspiration freshness lightness balance all, all of those things seem to be there you know all the bliss you know or all of the things that we're after you know all the all the foundational well-being that most of us in society are seeking trying to get there via the self seems to be there when the self dissolves it's it's quite paradoxical really or ironic i'm not sure probably both that we're seeking it via the psychological self and it's just sitting there beneath that <laughs> but the self makes a very compelling argument of why it needs to run the show you know it, it's and, and it gets cemented and reinforced by the way society is conditioned at the moment yeah it kind of makes me think about you know meeting board meetings that i've been in in the past where you know really when you take a step back and kind of look at what's really going on what you can see is that there are a bunch of selves, you know, trying to be, you know, a really, you know, say the right thing, come up with the best idea, you know, impress their boss versus the, you know, the board meetings where actually for, for whatever reason, because it does happen naturally and we do come in and out of it as well, is that, that you know, there, there is that, that, that's just not there, you know, that's just not on people's minds and they're just in flow and they're, creatively just coming up with ideas and you know communicating brilliantly and no one's really thinking about you know whether they're saying the right thing or they've come up with the best idea and and ultimately that that ease with which stuff can happen let alone the connection that you know that we can feel with our you know well, with anyone but you know in this example with our with our colleagues I just don't think you can underestimate that no, and I, I absolutely. But I think, though, you know, just in case people think we've completely lost the plot and this is no longer relevant for business or life at all, to run a business, you do need a self, right? Mm. You know, that there's what, what I mean by you do need one because the self, you know, thinks about the future, for example. The, the eye doesn't, the eye is now, the, the, the eye doesn't, you know. So, so we, we need to acknowledge this, the self for what it is, but the key thing is to recognize what it truly is and what it 
actually what it isn't. So if people can think about a time when they've got really kind of focused on what the future, let's take a business and you're like, well, I need to work out what the future is so that we're all okay. And this is what's going on. And you're planning, predicting, trying to control the future even. That's going to be coming heavily from self, right? Because the self wants to protect itself and needs to control things. Ignoring all the resourcefulness that's available when we let things be a more emergent, the creativity, the resilience, the fresh emergent perspective, right? So you try to, con so the mind contracts into the self and it tries to control and predict when it comes to things like the future. Now in business, we're bound to do some of that, right? So it's not sitting in a board meeting and all just sort of hugging the trees and doing our yoga or whatever. It's being able to be in the self, but also recognizing when the self has contracted you down into a place that's no longer helpful and knowing what that's made of because the self mind will make it justified and give you evidence to prove why it's right and you can feel that when the aperture contracts now what we're saying is that when you start to spot that as a team or a group it it, it doesn't grip people for so long it will dissolve quicker and you can spot it more you can spot the limitation of the contraction of the aperture coming in and when you have a realized spotting of that and noticing, it widens back out again. So you'll still be able to run your business. You know, you, you, it won't just be a complete sort of randomness with no consideration for the future. But you'll be able to, res you'll be able to see more when the aperture is contracted right down into the self in an unhelpful way. Rather than, you know, letting it take over and, and run the shop. If, 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 and, and it might be a bit of an abstract thing for people to to identify with right now but i think it's quite easy when people start to spot it they can see it coming in and out and as we always point to in quality of mind we have an aperture which contracts and expands you know and, you know and you can sense that you can feel that don't ask your thoughts because they'll be coming from the self but you can just feel when it's getting more contracted and that's showing you that you're going more down into self with all the layering and lids and you know, separate realities and trying to control the future that will come with that. And it will have a, it will have a tightness to it. It will, have, it will have a feeling to it. But the thing is, we've normalized that and think that's just what it is. So it's about hanging out more in that expanded aperture, recognizing and realizing there's a self, but not getting sucked into it and not self-identifying with the self, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. And I and I think, you know, like you say that, that just in your last point, it's, you know, it's the self identification or, or the identification with the self that kind of really gets us into trouble. Yeah. And another way of looking at it, and this might sound a bit sort of black and white, but any, any self identification, any self is a limitation. Right. So any thought is a limitation. So in a way, we're always in a limitation of ourselves, of true self, of I, right? We're always, every time we're in self, we're in a limitation. Now, that is useful to navigate the world. We'd never get anywhere without that, that, some of that limitation. But it's recognizing that's what's going on. And not, so the mistaken identity, if we come back to that phrase we used right at the beginning, is that where we believe that all there is, is the self. Right. That's what we think we've got. And therefore, that's what we play with. Well, that's 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 all I've got. I am the self. So I've got what what I, what I can see and, 
you know, can think about in my experience and what my imagination can come up with. So I've got my past, I've got my imagination, and that's it. Now we're saying both of those things, the past and, the, and, and your imagination, is a limitation. There's something much more, we don't know what it is, because it hasn't happened yet, expansive available in the eye. So the mistaken identity is that we, the self has limitation, and then we think that's it. We, we share the limitations of the finite self, not realizing what we truly are is I, awareness itself, which is infinite. So we're truly this infinite thing, at I, but we believe, and our mistaken identity is, that we are the limitation of self. And then we go and navigate the world thinking we are that limitation. Now we're bound to have limitation and that's okay when we know that it's real and never true. So one of the questions that I have around that then Piers and I, I guess maybe our listeners are wondering about is well what is the nature of I then? You know what what are the what what are the qualities of I if if the qualities of you know if the essence of the the self which is a mistaken identity are to be a limitation and, you know, to sort of be seeking, I guess, what are the, what are the qualities of I? Well, they're all the things we point to that come from, you know, having what we would describe as a higher quality of mind or as expanded aperture. So it, it's what we mentioned earlier. It's, it's the ability to have realizations and allow, thoughts to dissolve and mindsets dissolve and new things to appear fresh perspective to is to have inspiration creativity resilience even love and connection that's all intrinsic innate in the eye oh and and mental health and that's absolutely in the eye balance all of those things everything we need this is the beauty of the intelligent design you know everything that we need and more is intrinsic and innate in the eye and, and that's why we might describe it as flow. You know, that's because we have an abundance of those things in flow. So that's what's an on, on offer. Now, it's not necessarily about always being there because part of the joy of the wonderfulness of the unfolding of, of life is, is to dance around in between, <laughs> you know, all our sort of neurotic selves and our, our wonderfully loving and, and expansive eyes. But it's, it's maybe... What the understanding of quality of mind does is it shifts the ratio. So let's just also, if people are thinking now, okay, I'm still just about with you. How do I spot more of this I thing? You know, what, what can we do on a day-to-day -day basis to start seeing this, right? And, you know, and we, we always say on this podcast, we put a big caveat about trying to do any kind of tools or techniques because it tends to take people into the self. But a very simple thing you can start to do, and this is really just about noticing, right, is noticing how merged for most of the day awareness and our experience are. So what we mean by that is the capacity for awareness and what's in awareness, how merged it is. And just noticing that we can unhook it or it unhooks is probably a better description. And what we mean by unhooking it is you just sort of almost ask yourself a question what is aware of awareness right now? What is aware of my experience right now? So you ask yourself, you're going through your day, you're noticing some things going on, you've got thoughts, feelings, perceptions going on. And if you can just pause and then just recognize 
that there's something aware of that experience, right? Whether that experience is of a, a tree or of a body, there's something aware of it. So the thing that's aware of it is not it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to have that, you know. So there's a difference between just what I'm aware of and the thing being aware. So it's what's I? What's aware of this self? The fact we know there's a self means there must be something aware of it. So just in your day, just pausing just for five seconds and just asking yourself that question, am I aware? And the answer is always going to be yes. There's nothing outside of awareness. What is it that's aware? And then recognizing it's not the me, it's not self. Are there any other ways that you notice it day to day that you know, to help people just get to unhook their awareness from their experience? I mean, I think it sort of follows on from what you've just been talking about. And it's sort of almost the second part of noticing to that is, is noticing that the quality I mean, this is quite hard to put into words, but, but there's something about sort of unhooking the content of experience from the awareness, the, the field of awareness, the space of awareness. And then the second part to that is, is then also just noticing the, the quality of what that feels like. Mm. Because actually that's um, what we're seeking during our day, isn't it? So if you think about things people do in their day, whether it's just sit and have a cup of tea or go for a walk or a quiet moment or a chat with a friend, it's almost like we're always, that beautiful, warm, calm, spacious feeling. I'm just going to put some random words to mm -hmm. it. You know, people have their own thing. Actually, isn't it, isn't it wonderful intelligence of the system that we're seeking that during our day anyway? You know, th th that's those qualities you're talking about, isn't it? The kind of spaciousness, the kind of the nothingness of it, really. I mean, it's so ordinary, you know, it's such an ordinary experience and yet also profound. Like in some ways, it's so ordinary that we don't even notice it, you know, particularly when we're children. It just happens all the time, you know, when, you know, we might be daydreaming or, you know, just kind of really getting into a game that we're playing or we're drawing or something but but I think you know we tend to be I guess maybe as we grow up we just have so much more content going on that it's harder to spot yeah and, and the self glosses over it really yeah now just just to be clear we're not talking about a very passive space here it, it could be you know it could be a meditative space but it, it, it's also sometimes when we're very alive I mean you see kids playing or kids with their friends, there's a glint in their eye, you know, and that's not the self, right? That, that, so, so really when people are alive, full of flow, that's all, you know, so it, it doesn't, it can be this kind of blissed out space, I guess, but it's also can be when we're in absolute flow and it's just spotting what isn't there. Now, as soon, so, the, so the, the irony of this is, as soon as you spot it, you're already in self. So you kind of have to try and spot it <laughs> uh, despite the self. Yeah, so kind of a neutral noticing if you can. But if, if, if I reckon if people just, you know, did that five times a day for five days, at the end of that week, they would notice, they would note, they would have, huh, oh yeah, there it is. So that's yeah. really what we're encouraging people to do, I suppose, if they want a practical thing, is, is to, you know, spot it for themselves. And then just to kind of 
try and recap what we've said. <laughs> what, what we're talking about here is that a, a core foundation to having uh, more a transformation in your level of resourcefulness, performance, well-being, all the lovely things we talk about, quality of mind, come from having some realizations about these a couple of these key tenets to the quality of mind understanding, which is real and never true, which we've done the other podcast on, and self and I. And what we're talking to with self and I is there's a difference between the content of our experience, thoughts, feelings, and perceptions that comes and goes and is real and never true, and awareness itself or the thing that is aware of those things that come and go and the self remember the the body mind we're putting in the come and go category right now when people have a dissolution of self they you know and they start to see things as real and never true and all that wonderful innate intelligence wisdom love connection resilience creativity inspiration comes through so it's about pulling apart or unhooking, you know, what is permanent and consistent and eternal, which is I, and seeing the experience that, that comes and goes and not confusing the two. And also then the implication of that is that we don't need to spend time trying to be a better self. You know, all that work we do on ourselves, trying to find out, you know, what's my real purpose? You know, who, who I truly am, you know, when I'm authentic. We don't need to spend time doing that because that's an activity of consciousness, an activity of awareness. It's never true permanently anyway. So, Rena, anything else to add to kind of put a bow on this or to clarify it a little bit more or to help people as we kind of try and pull it all together? So, so yeah, I guess I would invite our listeners over the coming days, weeks to, to just notice what it is that they're identifying with or self-identifying with, you know, what are those layers of beliefs that people have about who they are, what they're capable of, you know, and, and, and then what they're identifying what, what with, and just sort of to start to notice that and see if they can see, see how welded they are to that. You know, and if, if there's some lightness around it or, you know, if it feels like it's something that is quite solid. And it's, it's sometimes easy, you know, that people use the word ego sometimes, don't they? You know, mm. oh, that person's got a strong ego, you know, sometimes, you know, like egotistical. But what we want to show is that, yes, there are those more extreme, like this is what I think, you know, but we're actually saying that the there's a much more subtle ego going on for all of us where quite understandably we do self-identify with our experience whether that's you know our, our views about ourselves or the world or, or even the fact that there's me and a and a world that's separate you know there's like there's, there's there's the trees and cars and people out there and there's a separate me that again is the self trying to own a separation in experience and what we point to is the fact that it's all one right so it's not just trying to spot those very extreme things that were self-identified with that we might think oh that's egotistical it's even seeing it more subtly because when we start to dissolve the self it just life just becomes a lot easier there's more flow with it more resourcefulness with it we're more present and all the benefits that that brings so it's something to just get curious about and see what you can see on a day-to-day -day basis and just unhook you know i think the simplest way that we, we found for people to find out is just have a little play with demerging 
what comes and goes in experience and what's behind that. Bear in mind that as soon as you start to do that manually, you're going to be in self, but, but just have a play with it and, and see what happens. So Rena, any final, final thoughts before we sign off for today? Nothing from me, Piers. Okay, well, thank you for this exploration. And, and to everyone, as usual, please, please, if you have any questions, curiosities, challenges, observations, insights, then just let us know. And maybe this might require a few listens, this episode, but love to hear from you to see how you get on. So have fun being curious and catch you all next time. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.